Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Episode 325. Coming at you, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, rolling solo today. Per usual, to kick off the week, we have the week 14 ballers and stallers as a recap of the week with your top performers and your bottom performers, as well as the week 15 waiver wire targets. If you're listening to this and you're still tuned in, first of all, I appreciate the support. Secondly, that's probably great news for you, which means you are probably advancing in your fantasy football playoffs. Congratulations. If you're listening right now and you have a championship in week 16, that means that you're in the semifinals this week, week 15. Let's get you on your way to the finals en route to the TCK titles in your fantasy football championship. Let's kick it off real quick with the quarterback ballers. These are your top performers at the quarterback position. I wanted, I usually or I used to at the beginning of the season, I was starting this kind of after Sunday, early Monday morning, breaking this to you right away to get the waivers out and to get this information to you. But I stopped doing that because a lot of times the Sunday night performers and the Monday performers end up being top performers on the week. And I don't always recap them in full and I leave them out of this. So I wanted to make sure that I started doing that. So I'm a little bit later in the week these days. It's just Tuesday. Uh, but I want to make sure that I get everybody that had played once the game's wrapped up. Of course, the last couple of weeks, we also had Tuesday games, Wednesday games, doubleheaders on Mondays. It's been insane, but hopefully the next couple of weeks will be normalized. However, we do have Thursday night football. We have Saturday games, two Saturday games this week, the Sunday slate, of course, and Monday night football. So be prepared for that. Okay, let's jump into it here. Lamar Jackson. 35 fantasy points, just 17 pass attempts, which is insane. 11 completions, doesn't matter, gets it done. 163 through the air and a touchdown to Marquise Brown at the very end of the game to cinch it. 47-42 Ravens over the Browns. And then you have the rushing ability for Lamar Jackson as well. Nine carries, 124 yards and two scores on the ground. 35 points for my man, Lamar Jackson. Cramps or not, my man got it done for you. Number one quarterback on the week. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. 290 and three scores through the air. He also rushes for one as well. So four touchdowns for our man, Aaron Rodgers. 303 total yards. Baker Mayfield, number three. Great game against the Ravens, of course. 343 yards. He rushes for a score, throws for two, does have a pick as well, but Baker Mayfield, best performance on the season, number three on the week with 30 fantasy points. Tua Tungavailoa, 316 and two in a losing effort versus the Chiefs. He also has six carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown on the ground as well. 27 yards 
for Tua Tungavaloa. Drew Locke behind him, four touchdowns on 280 yards against the Carolina Panthers in a pretty ugly game, but the Broncos get the win there. Mitch Trubisky, 267 and three, 23 yards on the ground as well. Derek Carr, 316 and two. He also rushes for one as well, 24 fantasy points for Derek Carr. Russell Wilson, four touchdowns, but just 200 yards, and they basically shut him down before the fourth quarter. They were beaten up on the Jets so badly, 40-3 to overall. The Seahawks take care of the Jets, but they were beaten up on them so early. Russ threw four touchdowns immediately. Chris Carson had a touchdown, and they pretty much shut him down for the game. So he got the work in, but just 22 fantasy points in a game in which Lamar Jackson, or excuse me, Russell Wilson, easily could have had six touchdowns. And, you know, we saw that game a couple weeks ago with Tyreek Hill and and, uh, Patrick Mahomes, where they just absolutely (laughs) throttled Tampa Bay off the bat. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter. You just wish one time, one time, these NFL teams, when they get up like that, they would just go for it. They would just go for it once. I'm an Oregon Duck fan. I live down the street. I mention it all the time on the podcast. I went to U of O. I'm a Duck The Ducks aren't what the Ducks used to be a few years ago. I get all that. But in the Mariota days a few years ago, we were scoring 60, 70 points every week, okay? I just wished one time Chip Kelly would let us score 100 points. I wish one time Clemson, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, some of these bigger teams would just score 100 points when they can. Some of these NFL teams could put up 60, 70, 80 points sometimes in today's game. They just don't do it. Anyway, Russell Wilson gets it done with 200 yards and four touchdowns, but it was a great performance, but you get that far and you're in the fantasy, like, you know, uh, first round, you really want to see max points. So if you survive Russell, you're stoked. If you were looking for more from Russ, he could have had 300 plus and five, six, at least probably in this game, but they throttled him down there. Geno Smith got to uh, play a couple snaps against his old team, the Jets. All right, I move on. Teddy Bridgewater in a loss against Denver gets 283, no scores through the air, but 31 yards and a rushing score on the ground. Jalen Hurts, first NFL start for Carson Wentz, gets the win over the Saints, 24-21. Very surprising win there for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Just 167 through the air, 17 for 30 on his pass attempt, so just over 50%. But 167 and one through the air, not terrible, but 18 carries the most on the week by a quarterback and 106 yards on the ground, most by a quarterback other than Lamar Jackson, Jalen hurts is the truth. And if he can keep up this dual ability moving forward, there are most teams in the NFL are inferior to the New Orleans saints. So if Jalen hurts can come out and play this way, get a win and be a dual threat quarterback the way that he was against the saints, 273 total yards and that score Uh, He could be a real, real weapon in fantasy football. So love Jalen Hurts. We're going to talk about him later on in our waiver wire pickups. Taysom Hill, similar quarterback, 291 and two through the air, 33 rushing yards there. Patrick Mahomes, not quite a baller, not quite a staller. It's Patrick Mahomes. He got you 19 fantasy points, 393 through the air, but three interceptions Miami defense, to their credit, played absolutely incredibly in this game. Miami had chances to win this game, pull away. They beat themselves like most teams do against the Chiefs. They just bring it to you every single play the entire game, and it's hard to keep up with them. If you make mistakes, 
they burn you. Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions in this game. Didn't matter. Unfortunately, the Dolphins couldn't get it done in Miami, but they had a real shot in this one. 33-27. Kansas City gets the win. 393 through the air and two scores for Patrick Mahomes, but those three touchdowns there. Kyler Murray, again, kind of floating between baller and staller, right? I mean, he didn't sink your team, but he didn't win you the week either against the Giants. Giants played very well. 244 and one, just 47 yards on the ground. He does have 13 carries, which is good that he's starting to run the ball more. He looked better in this game, but still not the Kyler Murray that we had at the beginning of the season. Josh Allen, 238 and two, 28 yards for him. Great game against Pittsburgh. The Bills get a huge win there, 26-15. And Phillip Rivers, kind of just an even keel buoy. You know, he's usually that QB 12, 13, 14, 15 on the week. And he was again this week, 244 and two. And then Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady all get you over 15 fantasy points. A couple stallers, a couple guys that got you sub-15 fantasy points and maybe not sunk your team, but certainly didn't help you out much. Andy Dalton, if you streamed him against his uh, old team, the Bengals, nice game NFL-wise for Andy. He was somewhat efficient, 16 for 23, which isn't amazing, but they just didn't have to do much on offense. Their defense absolutely crushed in this game for the Cowboys. 30-7 to over the Bengals, 185-2, and two, no picks, so a clean game for Andy Dalton, but again, just about that 15-point mark. Jared Goff, 137-1. and one. He does have a rushing score as well, but just 137 against New England. Matt Stafford left early in this game. He's questionable for this week. Looks like Chase Daniel may end up getting the start for Matt Stafford, who had another rib injury, 244-1. and one. Brandon Allen, not played, I'm sure, unless it was super flex, but 217-1. and one. Ben Roethlisberger, 187 and two, but also two picks. Gardner Minshew gets behind center, 178 and one. Nick Mullins, 260 and one. Matt Ryan, 224 and one, still struggling. Basically with or without Julio Jones at this point, but certainly without Julio Jones. Three picks for Matt Ryan. Sam Donald, Cam Newton, Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon, also uh, disappointing, unfortunately. Alex Smith. Left the game early with a leg injury, 57 yards and a pick, no score there. Dwayne Haskins took over, 7 for 12, 51 yards, negative 12 yards rushing. That basically just means he took a handful of sacks there. Trace McSorley came in for a couple plays against uh, the Browns for Lamar Jackson when he had quote-unquote cramps. Trace McSorley unfortunately got injured on those four plays or four pass attempts there, um, just 13 yards. He did have a, a two rushes for one yard, but he was out and unfortunately lands on the IR. A couple quarterbacks to keep an eye on. Uh, Drew Brees could be coming back. I don't know if it'll be this week, uh, but keep an eye. They're up against the Chiefs. Obviously a huge game for the Chiefs, huge game for the Saints, up on top of their respective conferences. Keep an eye on Drew Brees. I don't expect him to play this week, but I believe he's coming back to practice this week. So if you're needing it, at this point, if you're in the semis and you're heading to the championship potentially next week, you're, you probably have another option other than Drew Brees, clearly. But if you need him to come back, if you're in a super flex league or whatever, and it's going to boost up your quarterback position or you've been streaming and, frankly, lucking out, you might get Drew Brees back for the championship. So keep an eye on that. Also, Carson Wentz, don't drop him yet. If you have him, just keep an eye just in case um, uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't pan out. Um We'll see what happens with uh, these guys. I mean, again, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be having his job the rest of the season. He will be the starter as long as he doesn't blow it. But if he doesn't play well, 
he probably will get pulled. They have Dallas next week um, in the fantasy championship, which is a plus game no matter who's the quarterback for the Eagles. So don't get rid of Carson Wentz if you have Jalen Hurts. Uh, and also, if he's on your waivers and you have some dead weight, go ahead and get rid of him and pick him up just in case because if Jalen Hurts blows it or gets injured, Carson Wentz could be back in the saddle against the uh, Cowboys, which is absolutely a plus matchup with everybody except for the Bengals. So keep an eye on that. Quick note before we get to the running backs. It, this is really the time. There's two weeks left, maybe three if you play in your championship in week 17, which you know I'm going to say don't do that. You shouldn't do that, but it's too late now. If you're playing in your championship in two weeks or, or th- you know, three weeks, I guess, week 17, then so be it. At this point in the season, waiver wires wise, you want to get rid of dead weight. Okay, you no longer need your running back five and six. You're not going to use them. Get rid of them. Pick up an extra DST. Pick up an extra quarterback just in case. Pick up two tight ends in case, you know, to play the matchups the next two weeks. Pick up a streaming wide receiver in case they catch fire, like a Tim Patrick or something. Uh, Maybe a Chase Claypool has gotten dropped because it's frustrating. Pick up those guys just in case. Pick up your handcuff just in case. Tony Pollard's a great example. He and Zeke are already splitting snaps. Pick them up just in case Zeke goes down. Now the Cowboys play the 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't love the matchups regardless. And that offense is horrendous regardless. But if one of those guys goes down, the other one should get 20 plus carries. And that's what you want from the running back. So if there's dead weight, your fourth, fifth receiver, your fourth, fifth running back, your third quarterback, second, third tight end, if you're not going to use them, get rid of all that stuff, unload it. There's only four teams playing in your league anyway, right now that you're competing against or three really that you're competing against pick up things uh, play defense against your competitor. I'm totally a fan of that. Uh, if you look across your roster this week and your uh, let's say your competitor is um, streaming tight ends, for example, uh, and, and, you know, they don't have a great option this week, uh, pick up an extra tight end. You know, I'm not saying don't add and drop that's chicken shit. That's really garbage. It's bad sportsmanship. Do not do that. I'm not in a favor of that. What I mean is, don't pick up a tight end and drop them, pick up another tight end and drop them, pick up another tight end and drop them so that your competitor can't pick up tight ends because they're all in the waiver. That's garbage. But if you want to pick up maybe one or two tight ends that you can afford to stash, but you're not even going to use, but it plays defense against your competitor, maybe they need a a better DST matchup. um, Then you may want to, you know, pick up that, that option to keep it away from them. Maybe they weren't even going to go that direction, but you play a little bit of defense uh, by your competitor uh, and try to beat them out on the waiver wire so that they don't end up using it per se. So just a little bit of strategy heading into the semis and the finals. Okay, let's get into the ballers and sellers for the running back position. It is rich at the top. Four running backs this week got you 30 fantasy points love that in the semifinals hopefully you were the recipient of those instead of uh, the person going up against those knocking you out because it was hard to survive these crushing blows from running back unless you had one of these other guys so of course up at the top king henry once again 36 fantasy points 26 carries 215 yards two touchdowns against the jacksonville jaguars he crushes the jags every single time 31 10 titans big win there jonathan taylor gets it done here best fantasy performance so far 30 and a half fantasy points 20 carries 150 yards two touchdowns two catches for 15 yards as well 22 touches 165 total yards and two touchdowns for jonathan taylor 
Love that. Big win over the Raiders, 44-27 Colts. Miles Sanders gets it done. 14 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Four catches, 21 yards on five targets, 30 fantasy points. Here's my take on Miles Sanders. I've been talking to people on Twitter about it all weekend long. Without the, uh, what was it, 80? I got to find it. So, so I, you guys are going to jump my shit if I get it wrong. All right, 82-yard touchdown run. All right. Now, look, big playability. I respect that. I love that. That's what Miles Sanders can bring you. He did it against the Steelers, did it against the Ravens, did it against the Saints. He's doing it against great defenses. However, outside of the one big run, and I understand he's getting it. I'm not taking it away from him. But outside of the big run, he had 33 yards on the day. Okay, 33 yards on the day. So I know you can't eliminate the 82-yard touchdown. It counts. I applaud him. Well done. Again, I hope you had Miles Sanders. Hooray for you. You probably fucking crushed and you're moving on. Congratulations. But again, the mentality going into that, which most people said not to start him, which I was one of them, I said don't start him because the Saints are the best against the run outside of Pittsburgh. They still are. They held him to 33 yards on 13 other carries. All right. He broke free 82 yard touchdown. It worked out. Congratulations. I look like the asshole. I get it. I'll wear it. However, I stand by my take and I will continue to ride the process. The process was correct. He broke a free run. He scored a touchdown. It is what it is, but I would do that nine, nine times out of 10. If I had to do it again, I would sit Miles Sanders against the saints. So if you sat him on a court of me and you left 30 points on your, on your fantasy bench, I guess I apologize because that sucks if you took my advice and I let you down and I'm here to help you out, not to goat you, obviously, and I apologize for that. But at the same time, it happened to work out. Most times it's not going to. I stand by my take on that one. All right, moving on. Just had to get that Miles Sanders off my chest. I'm going to talk about it all weekend. Okay, Kareem Hunt, a big game, but not until the end. So another situation where 29 fantasy points, 30, uh, excuse me, six carries, 33 yards and a touchdown, six catches on seven targets, 77 yards and a touchdown for Kareem Hunt. Fabulous game. Absolutely got it done. Technically outpaced Nick Chubb just a bit in uh, PPR fantasy points. But most of this came at the end when the Ravens had a lead, the Browns were catching up. They're going to throw the ball to Kareem Hunt. They're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. We know that, right? So heading into the semis, and I'll talk about this on Start Sits. I'm not going to get too much into that stuff this week or this episode. I'll talk about it with Bobby and and um, uh, Chris Benavides is going to cover for Lucas this week. So we'll get into that later on. But again, Kareem Hunt has 13 carries, 10 carries, 14 carries, and then six last week. He's got the Giants coming up pretty decent and then the Jets. All right. So he's going to get his work. All right. He's going to get touches. It's just a matter of the efficiency. And Nick Chubb is absolutely phenomenal. So if you need to start Kareem Hunt, go with it. But if you have another option, like a David Montgomery, a Jonathan Taylor, somebody like that, I would probably play those guys, honestly, over Kareem Hunt. All right. Mike Davis steps in again. Another admirable performance. My man holding strong force with Christian McCaffrey out. 11 carries, 51 yards, two touchdowns, five catches, 42 yards on six targets, 26 fantasy points for him. David Montgomery, just outside the top five, 11 carries, 113 and one, three catches, 42 yards, 25 fantasy points. My man, Nick Chubb at number seven, 17 carries, 82 yards and two scores, 21 yards through the air. 
Nick Chubb over 100 yards once again. Austin Eckler, questionable, left this game, unfortunately. He hopefully will be healthy. Look, again, I'll go over it later on in this week as we preview games, but the Chargers got absolutely destroyed in that game. They played well, but they, unfor- I mean, they, they did get the win against Atlanta, but unfortunately it was at the cost of Austin Eckler getting hurt, Keenan Allen getting hurt, Mike Williams leaving the game pretty much immediately. Hunter Henry got injured in that game. And as much as I love my boy Jay Herbs, Herbert is not the same quarterback, A, since he cut his hair, which is fucking weird. And there's that whole biblical Samson situation. So we'll see what happens there. But it happened to coincide with Austin Eckler coming back. Austin Eckler's getting the work, getting the targets, nine for nine for 67. You love that. But he's not attacking downfield as much. Herbert isn't, right? Now, with fantasy, he was carrying most fantasy teams over the last six, seven, eight, nine weeks. Well, he's fine, other than that game against the Patriots, clearly, when Uncle Bill shut him down. But he's not driving it downfield. So be careful with that. And the Chargers, a little bit beat up. We'll preview that moving forward. Alvin Kamara, 22 yards. Finally has that Alvin Kamara-esque game. 11 carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Seven catches on 10 targets. We love that most with Taysom Hill by far. 44 yards, 22 points for uh, Alvin Kamara. Of course, if you started your week off with Cam Akers, his career day so far, 29 carries, 31 total touches, 194 total yards, no score, but that was plenty, 21 and a half points. If you started your week on Thursday with Cam Akers, congratulations. If you didn't or you had him on your bench, like I know a handful of you did, that could have been a bummer, but hopefully you survived that. Dalvin Cook, 19 fantasy points, over 101. Chris Carson scored. Gus Edwards had two scores. Kenyon Drake had a score. Ronald Jones has a score, but he comes up gimpy, questionable for this uh, week. Len Bowden Jr., somebody to talk about for sure. He's a running back wide receiver hybrid position. So you can play him at, you know, at either, at least on most uh, platforms, just one carry for two yards, but nine catches, seven, uh, excuse me, seven catches on nine targets for 82 yards. So kind of a JD McKissick, um, kind of a, a James White, right? So he is a running back ish, but he's basically playing a receiver role. All right. So if you can pick up Lynn Bowden Jr. and you need a running back, uh, he's going to get you nice PPR work. DeAndre Swift scores uh, just unfortunately about, 50 total yards uh, on 11 carries, but he does get a touchdown there. CEH um, doesn't get a touchdown, 21 carries, uh, but just 91 total yards. I'm not crazy about that. More work for Le'Veon Bell. I'm not crazy about CEH. If you need to play him, go ahead. But again, they just don't need a running back. They just don't need a running back with Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. J.K. Dobbins, two scores, or a score, excuse me, and a two-point conversion. Great to see that. Should get more work, though. Tony Pollard outpacing uh, Zeke Elliott there with 11 carries, 33 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And then James Robinson, kind of not quite the baller per usual, 16 touches, uh, 83 total yards, um, but... 12 points. You like that out of your RB2. You're probably, he's probably your RB2-3 anyway. So shouts out to our man, James Robinson. Okay. A couple stallers here. Uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, just 92 total yards, 91 total yards. No scores there. Naheem Hines, um, no score there. JD McKissick, just four targets. Again, Alex Smith went down in this one. We'll see what happens with JD McKissick. Josh Jacobs, questionable coming in. He had the Twitter post of or IG posts that like, you know, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm out this week. A lot of people benched him. He did play. He should have trolled fantasy players. 
I guess, I, I mean, I understand why he did it because these people get blown up. The fantasy footballers had a really great take on this that I thought was valid. And basically it was fantasy football, like NFL players get destroyed when they aren't amazing because of us that play fantasy football. All right. People tag them and go, Oh, fuck Josh Jacobs. You fucked up my week. You suck. Um, you know, you let me down. I lost because of you, blah, blah, blah. They get this shit all the time. Very rarely do people reach out and be like, Josh Jacobs, man, you won me a week. Well done. Like great week. Boom. So these guys get hit up constantly. So first of all, never tag an NFL player. A, they don't give a shit. B, don't do it. It's just bad humanity to be talking shit to a stranger and somebody you don't know. All right. We don't own these people. We play uh, basically with their notoriety through this game. All right. So let's not take it overboard. Anyway, Josh Jacobs went out and trolled and said, I'm not playing because he was questionable to get back to fantasy owners and to pull a prank. But unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, sat him. Now, thankfully, he didn't blow up. So it didn't crush you if you sat him, but just kind of a, a rough situation for Josh Jacobs. Wayne Goldman, Aaron Jones, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Moser, Chase Edmonds, Carrion Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Duke Johnson, among the running backs that potentially um, let you down a little bit uh, if you were playing them in a, in a tough, in a tough spot, Todd Gurley, Philip Lindsay um, as well, Le'Veon Bell, Damian Harris, some of these deeper options there, unfortunately let you down. Okay. Let's get into wide receivers here. I'll speed this up a little bit. I know I'm talking a little bit more than I usually do. Savon Diggs, 29 fantasy points, huge game against Pittsburgh and a big win there for the bills. 10 catches on 14 targets, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, love to see this. 13 targets, 9 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. They got to just feed my man. We're going to get Allen Robinson, a real quarterback, next year, and this dude is going to be like a top five or six wide receiver. I'm calling it right now. This dude gets a real quarterback. He's going to be a top five receiver. Calvin Ridley. Eight catches on 12 targets, 124 yards, and a touchdown without Julio Jones. Tyreek Hill, a 32-yard rushing touchdown. Three catches on seven targets, 79 yards, and a touchdown there. T.Y. Hilton remains on fire. I'm going to talk about him in the waiver wire column in the second half of the episode. Seven targets, five catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams remains on fire. Ten targets, seven catches, 115-1. and A.J. Brown, nine targets, seven catches, 112-1. and DeAndre Hopkins, nine for 136. No score, but doing well there. K.J. Hamler, two long scores, 86 total yards on three targets. Can't really count on A.J. Hamler, but or K.J. Hamler, excuse me, uh, but certainly a deep threat there. Brandon Ayuk has been absolutely on fire. Uh, 16 targets in this one. Debo Samuel went down on the first play of the game. Unfortunately, they're still without uh, George Kittle. 10 catches, 119, and no scores. Nelson Aguilar, over 100 and a score. MBS, Keenan Allen, Keelan Cole, Richard Higgins, AJ Green, turn back the clock a little bit on that one. DK Metcalf, Juju Smith Schuster, and Tyron Johnson for the Chargers. Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marquise Brown all score touchdowns a couple of players that gave you uh single digit touchdowns potentially from the wide receiver position gabriel davis who had been absolutely on fire uh does have a touchdown but just 19 yards and three catches so if you were streaming him he did get a score but not much otherwise tyler lockett just five for 52 justin jefferson four for 39 on eight targets t higgins five for 49 antonio brown five for 49 Kiki QT three for 24 does have a score, but again, just 24 yards on three catches. Tyler Boyd five for 43. All right, let's move on to the tight ends. 
Travis Kelsey up at the top per usual, eight for 136 and one. Let's take a look at Travis Kelsey's stat line the last couple of weeks. All right, Travis Kelsey since the bye week in week eight. So first of all, heading into the bye week in week eight, week nine, bye week in week 10, week eight versus the Jets, eight for 109 and a score. Week nine, 10 for 159. Bye week in week 10, week 11, eight for 127 and a score. Week 12, eight for 82. Week 13, eight for 136 and a score. Last week, eight for 136 and a score. Travis Kelsey is a fucking machine. Unbelievable. Eight catches minimum, not targets, eight catches minimum since week eight. And he's been over 100 yards, over, uh, over 100 yards in every game since week eight, except for one. And he scored in all but two of those games. Travis Kelsey is absolutely a machine. I think should be a back-end first-round pick next year in PPR. Back-end first-round pick in PPR. We'll go over that this spring. Next up, Mike Kosicki, 23.5 fantasy points, 5 for 65 and 2. Unfortunately, Mike Kosicki left this game late after he caught a touchdown. And then he came out, caught a – I think it was like a five-yard out. It wasn't much, but he got injured on that play, unfortunately. TJ Hawkinson, 6 for 43 and a score on 11 targets. Irv Smith, Robert Tunyon. Uh, Jared Cook, Jeff Swaim of the Tennessee Titans, Jimmy Graham, Nick Vanette, Foster Moreau of the uh, Raiders, Dan Arnold, and Will Disley all score touchdowns as well. Single-digit tight ends, Dallas Goddard, 4 for 43, no score. Cole Komet, 4 for 41, no score. Rob Gronkowski, one catch, one touchdown. (laughs) So Rob Gronkowski, one catch, two yards. One touchdown. Eric Ebron, two for 30. Dalton Schultz, three for 34. Hunter, uh, excuse me, Tyler Higby, um, two for 34. Dawson Knox, who had been on fire recently, four for 34. No touchdown there. And uh, John Smith did play, but just two for 20. Unfortunately, Evan Ingram, two for 18. And uh, Jordan Reed, two for 13. Zach Ertz, two for eight. And unfortunately, that... Um, the reunion tour for Zach Ertz is uh, not quite what we want it to be. Okay, moving on to the DSTs quick, and then the kickers. Shouts out to some of the DSTs. Yo, you, this is just standard scoring right here that I'm reading off. So if, if, you're in a, if you're in a big league, I know our boys, the commish, good friends of the podcast. You guys hear them every Friday. Chris is coming on this week also to step in for Lucas. They play in a home league where, A, they do uh, half point, per completion for the quarterback. So if if a quarterback has 40 completions, they get 20 points in addition to the yardage and the touchdowns and all that, right? So beefy scoring for quarterbacks. They also have extra scoring, uh, exaggerated scoring, I should say, for the DSTs. So DSTs could score 30, 40 points. They could also lose you double-digit points, like negative. So big week for DSTs. Washington football team against the 49ers. Unfortunately, I'm a Niner fan. This was kind of a rough one to watch because the Niners had chances. But, yo, Chase Young and this front uh, front four mainly, but the front seven for the, for the Washington football team, damn, they are beastly. They're young. They're talented. They're fierce. They are certainly after their, their head coach's heart, uh, which you love. Ron Rivera, old defender for the OG Chicago Bears. Loves the defense. They're definitely getting it out of uh, Chase Young, the number two pick in the NFL draft this season. So well done for the DST here. 23 fantasy points, two defensive scores, an INT, two fumble recoveries, 
four sacks and just 15 points against four of my Niners, unfortunately. The Rams DST, 20 points. The Cardinals DST, 20 points. The Rams first score against uh, Cam Newton, a pick six. And he had an INT. He had six sacks and just three points against. The Cardinals had three fumble recoveries, eight sacks against Daniel Jones, who could not move with that hamstring issue, seven points against there. The Bears, 18 points. Two fumble recoveries, seven sacks, and a safety, seven points against. Cowboys, 17 points. Bills, 14 points. The Chiefs and the Seahawks and the 49ers all over double digits. Some DSCs that got you zero or negative points. The Vikings and the Giants got you zero fantasy points. Again, standard scoring, so of course it's probably different for your league, but around there. Vikings versus the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Giants versus the Cardinals, zero. The Saints versus Philadelphia. One of the nastiest defenses in the league versus a rookie quarterback in his first NFL start, negative one fantasy points. Shouts out to my man, Jalen Hurts. Holy shit. I hope he's legit. Texans at the Bears, negative one. Jets at Seattle, negative three. No surprise there. Russell Wilson only played three or two and three quarters quarters. Jaguars, negative three against Tennessee and Derrick Henry. The Ravens, again, one of the best fantasy defenses there is. Ravens defense struggling lately, and they ran up against a great um, Browns offense, at least on Monday night. Negative four fantasy points. Lions versus Green Bay, negative four. And the Raiders versus the Colts, negative eight fantasy points. Let's check in on our kickers real quick. Give some love where we can. Double-digit kickers, Rodrigo Blankenship, the rookie, Definitely the uh, kicker, um, I would say kicker of the year outside of Youngway Koo, but certainly, uh, you know, special teams rookie of the year. I think it's Rodrigo Blankenship. Easy. 14 fantasy points for him. Greg Zerline for Dallas, 14 points. Mike Nugent stepping in for Zane Gonzalez, who was out in this game for the Cardinals. 14 fantasy points for him. Dustin Hopkins for the Washington football team, 12. Jason Myers for the Seahawks, 11. And Cairo Santos for the Bears, 10. Some... Uh, Single-digit performances, let's do five or less fantasy points. Aldrich Rosas for the Jacksonville Jaguars, five. Cody Parkey, three for the Browns. Nick Folk for the Patriots, just three. Brandon McManus left the game, uh, was injured in this one, just two. Um, uh, missed on uh, two of his extra points, so two of four on extra points, unfortunately. Left this game, just two points there. Will Lutz, just one point. Graham Gano for the Giants, one point. Chris Boswell for the uh, Steelers, one point, Robbie Gold for the Niners, one, Kaimi Fairbairn for the Texans, one, and Austin Seibert uh, with just one for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whew, let me catch my breath, y'all. These solo episodes, I love doing them, but I know it's a, it's a lot to hear my voice for, you know, 45 minutes straight. So take a quick break. Once again, appreciate you hanging out with us all season long. If you've been with us since the spring after the Super Bowl, when we kick back up in April for the draft and free agency and then uh, uh, the summer and then the uh, fantasy drafts and all that, Dynasty Talk. If you've been here the entire time, I so much appreciate it. It really does mean the world to me. If you picked up a draft guide, thank you so much. If you participated in the TCK Listener League, again, means the world to me, to Lucas, to Dweez, to Bobby, to the commish crew, to everybody putting in work on this um, team this year. It's meant a lot. We're going to get right back at it after the Super Bowl and um, dive even deeper this year as we've really acquired a, a really, really solid team. So I'm excited for 2021. Hopefully we get some resemblance of normalcy, less injuries, no COVID, we get back into things per usual and we can really smash out in 2021. Make sure to leave a five-star review and a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. I much appreciate that. It really does mean a lot to me. 
Also, please follow us on Instagram if you're not already. That's at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod. Also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. All of our rankings per week and our true strength of schedule uh, form. And we have uh, kind of specialized it to uh, focus on the fantasy playoff schedules. That is available on our website as well, tckpod.com. Go check that out. Okay, let's move into my week 15 waiver wire targets. So I usually write up pretty decent paragraphs for two or three guys specifically that I want to focus on. And then I give you about three or four honorable mentions. Well, I did that for wide receivers and tight end this week, but for the running backs, depending on how you look at it, there's either a ton of options available on waivers or there's not very many. So I didn't single anybody out. So I'm just going to give you a list of names and what their matchup is this week. Same with the quarterbacks. As I mentioned every week, basically after about week eight, nine, or 10, the quarterbacks are soaked up. All right. The injuries have happened. The backups are in the rookies have gotten their chances. All those kind of things are in there. So if you're in a super flex league and you have to get anybody you can get anybody you can single quarterback league though, here are a couple streamers that I recommend that might be available on your waivers for this particular week. Ryan Tannehill against the Lions, 11th easiest matchup for quarterbacks. Tom Brady against the Falcons, the easiest matchup against quarterbacks. Ronald Jones is busted up. He's got a finger issue. He just has the same procedure that Chris Godwin had to get a pin in his finger. So we'll see if he even plays this week. Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last week. LaShawn McCoy was getting the work. Brady might just throw, you know, 50, 60 times in this game to keep up with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones is healthy. So I like Brady a lot versus the Falcons, the easiest matchup against quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, I'm going to roll with him. At Arizona, 12th easiest matchup. This game's indoors, don't have to worry about the elements. Matt Stafford at Tennessee, fifth easiest matchup there if he plays. If he doesn't and it's Chase Daniel, I will pass unless it's super flex, two quarterback league, and you just need to stream somebody at this point, you're scraping the barrel. I will take Chase Daniel over whoever plays quarterback for Washington if Alex Smith is out or whoever plays for Cincinnati, right? Um, I'll take him over Tua Tungavailoa this week against the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick destroys rookie quarterbacks. We saw Justin Herbert playing miraculously all season long, played the Patriots two fantasy points. He hasn't been the same since. We'll see what Tua can do, but I would play. Honestly, I would play Chase Daniel against Tennessee, fifth easiest matchup if he plays over Matt Stafford um, over to a tongue of a low. Daniel Jones uh, bounced back over Cleveland, eighth easiest matchup there. Okay, running backs. I just have a big list here. Um, stick with me. If available, some of these are silly and they may not be available, but if they're available, Cam Akers, obviously, go get him against the Jets. 13 toughest. Doesn't matter. If the guy's getting 20 carries, you want him. Go get Cam Akers. Spend all your fab. Jeff Wilson Jr. for the 49ers. The quote-unquote backup, but getting just as much work as Raheem Mostert. And Raheem Mostert had an MRI this week. He's questionable again, made of glass. Been out the last month plus, off and on. If Jeff Wilson's the guy, they love him in the goal line. They love him in the red zone. My man Jeff Wilson, go scoop him up at Dallas. Sixth easiest matchup. Tony Pollard getting the same amount of work as Zeke Elliott. Sixth toughest matchup against the 49ers. But again, whether you have Zeke or not, you need to have high profile, weak winning upside handcuffs at this point. Go get Tony Pollard. Naheem Hines, mostly owned in leagues. However, in, um, in non-PPR leagues, he's not so much because of that pass catching ability. But frankly, he's given plenty of value. 
So go take a look at him. Second easiest matchup against Houston coming up this week, but it is definitely the Jonathan Taylor show, and they've kind of phased out Jordan Wilkins. Philip Lindsay for Denver up against Buffalo, ninth easiest matchup. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., as I mentioned earlier, against New England, taking over here as the wide receiver running back hybrid in PPR leagues. Grab him 16th toughest, but we've seen the Patriots get absolutely destroyed by another rookie, Cam Akers, last week. So check a look at uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., available in most leagues here. Again, look under wide receiver, though, as he might uh, be under the wide receiver running back designation. Ido Smith of Atlanta, I don't love this one, but again, if you need a body, take a look. Todd Gurley's washed up. He looks terrible. Um, and they're going to need to do something and probably use them out of the pass game against Tampa Bay to keep up third toughest matchup. I don't love it to run against, but he might get some dump offs. If you need a deep flyer, I guess, a running back, take a look at Ito Smith, JD McKissick, same thing against Seattle eighth easiest love JD McKissick, but I'm worried if, um, Alex Smith misses. So I'm not sure that whoever plays quarterback Dwayne Haskins is going to be dumping out as much Peyton Barber, same thing. The, the running uh, the, the running back, running back of that backfield, J.D. McKissick, more of the pass catcher uh, against Seattle, eighth easiest again. Travion Williams versus Cincinnati against Pittsburgh, second toughest. Hate this play. Do not play Travion Williams against the Steelers. However, pick him up if you got a dead roster spot. They get Houston in the championship. And if Travion Williams, even if he sucks, which he will, because it's Pittsburgh and it's the Bengals and they're going to get smashed. He may not even gain a yard on 15 carries in this game. But if he gets 15 carries in this game, Joe Mixon is done. Uh, Gio Bernard is trash. Samaje Ryan is not going to overtake Trayvon Williams, I don't think, either. He's clearly the best back in this backfield. They have Houston in the championship. He could be a RB3 second flex if he gets the work this week. Deep stash, beat the waiver wire with Trayvon Williams. Okay, wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton. Okay, big one to pick up here. So, I am going to read off a paragraph quick about T.Y. Hilton and Kiki QT playing in the same game. Two of my top wide receivers to pick up this week. T.Y. Hilton last week, 25 and a half fantasy points, five catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns has Houston coming up again. I'm going to read this paragraph to you that I wrote up here for my uh, waiver wire column. Over the first 12 weeks of the season, T.Y. Hilton was the wide receiver 80 in fantasy points per game. Wide receiver 80. However, in week 13, T.Y. got right against the Texans with eight catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Last week, he had another solid game against the Raiders, five catches, seven targets, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. I know it's a small sample size, but Hilton is the wide receiver two over the last two games. So he went from wide receiver 80 over the first 12, wide receiver two over the last two weeks, and that's with Jonathan Taylor being the uh, running back one over the last two weeks as well. So the Colts are absolutely on fire. In case you're unaware, T.Y. Hilton absolutely destroys the Texans routinely over his career. Hilton has played the Texans 18 times over his career in nine seasons. In those 18 games, one of them being a playoff game, he has at least five targets in every single game and nearly 100 receptions with 98 total over his career versus the Texans alone. He also has eight games with 100-plus receiving yards. He's racked up 11 touchdowns, including two of those uh, two weeks ago, or excuse me, one of those two weeks ago. So I've been fading Hilton since luck retired, but if you need a spot start and he's on your waivers, pick him up, play him this week. I love him as a wide receiver too. I'm not going to bench him. I'm not going to bench somebody else to find room for, for T.Y. Hilton, but if you need a spot, you can slide him in, do it. But if he's your wide receiver three 
or your flex position, I'm absolutely pumped on T.Y. Hilton. Okay, Kiki QT made his basically his real debut when Fuller went out with the Peds and uh, Brandon Cooks was injured. Um, Kiki QT a couple weeks ago played well uh, against the Colts, right? Last week, not so much, three catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown, but he gets the Colts again. Kiki QT popped back up on the waiver wire in the fantasy radar in week 13 against the Colts, whom he plays again this week with eight receptions for 141 receiving yards and nine targets, plus 112 total kickoff and punt return yards. So if you get that special teams boost, then Kiki gives you that as well. Last week, however, he came back down to earth, right? Three catches, 24 yards. But honestly, I think with Brandon Cooks, even if he plays, I think it's actually better. So assuming Cooks comes back, I think that it's actually a better situation for Kiki QT, who's going to be playing the slot. Randall Cobb seems to be shut down for the year. Chad Hansen, who's come in and played actually pretty well the last two weeks, is playing the quote-unquote Will Fuller role, the deep stretcher. So Kiki QT has a uh, slot position burrowed into this offense. I like that a lot. So if you need a spot start, look at T.Y. Hilton and Kiki QT, most likely available on your waivers. Okay, a couple honorable mentions at wide receiver. Curtis Samuel against the Packers, 14th toughest. Uh, gets a boost if Christian McCaffrey continues to sit out, of course, and if DJ Moore misses as well. Uh, Nelson Aguilar against the Chargers, 16th toughest. Um, but I, you know, Henry Ruggs is placed on the COVID IR list. He's out this week. So Nelson Aguilar gets another boost. Check out Nelson Aguilar for sure. Chad Hansen, as I mentioned, against the Colts, if you need a deeper uh, spot start there maybe a second flex or a third wide receiver, 15th easiest matchup against the Colts. KJ Hamler, two touchdowns last week, seventh toughest against Buffalo, but if you're looking for a deep bomb where you get bonuses or whatever, look at KJ Hamler. Also look at MBS in those formats against Carolina, fifth toughest, but anybody with Rodgers right now was actually on fire. Fun fact, Aaron Rodgers has 39 passing touchdowns this year. The Green Bay punter has punted 38 times. Rodgers has one more passing touchdown then the punter has punts for the Packers. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, my tight end pickup of the week, Irv Smith, last week 13 or 16 fantasy points with Kyle Rudolph out, four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Gets the Bears. The Bears are absolutely fantastic against pretty much all other positions. All right, the Bears give up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. However, they're very stingy against all other positions. So Chicago ranks third toughest against fantasy receivers eighth toughest against fantasy running backs and 12th toughest against fantasy quarterbacks, but they give up the fourth most fantasy points against tight ends. If you watched the games last week, Jordan Akins, the tight end for the Texans literally had a ball hit him in the hands, the arms and the gut, and it fell out and he didn't catch a touchdown because the sun was coming to the stadium in his eyes. And he literally didn't see the pass. He was open by five yards circumference all around him. Deshaun Watson literally hit him in the stomach with a touchdown ball and he didn't close his arms because he didn't see the pass coming. That would have also been a touchdown against the bears fire up Irv Smith, especially if Kyle Rudolph continues to miss time, honorable mentions for the tight end position, Cole commit over Jimmy Graham, but both I think are worth rostering at this point. Jimmy Graham caught the touchdown last week, but Cole commit getting far more opportunity and snap share for the bears. I like either one of them 14 toughest against Minnesota, but we're looking for opportunity. The bears give us that. And to his credit, Mitch Trubisky has been playing very well recently. Dan Arnold, my man for the Cardinals 
against Philadelphia. Tenth easiest, continues to catch touchdowns, doing pretty well there. Look at the him for a flyer. Logan Thomas back on the scene. 15th of is against Seattle. Logan Thomas takes a fade here if, again, Alex Smith misses time. I don't like Logan Thomas as much. If Alex Smith does play in this game, I do like Logan Thomas as a spot start. Jared Cook, I don't love him. He did catch a touchdown last week, but with Taysom Hill, he just hasn't been amazing. But again, if, you, if you're just looking for touchdown upside, Cook always has it. Should be a shootout with the Chiefs and the Saints. 15th easiest matchup there for the Saints. I like Jared Cook in the spot start. And Jordan Akins, again, the toughest matchup against the Colts, but you're looking for a touchdown. You're looking for maybe three catches, 30 yards in the score. Jordan Akins literally had a touchdown, hit him in the stomach, bounced off of his numbers because he didn't see the pass. Otherwise, he would have had a score last week, and I think he looks great. Quick recap, and I'm out of here. Quarterbacks to stream this week. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, if he plays, Chase Daniel, if you're desperate, Daniel Jones. Running backs, Cam Akers, if available, a handful of handcuffs. Jeff Wilson Jr., Tony Pollard, Naheem Hines, Philip Lindsay, Lynn Bowden Jr., possibly a wide receiver uh, roster spot. Ito Smith, J.D. McKissick, if Alex Smith plays, Peyton Barber, and Travion Williams in a deeper stash to beat the waiver wire next week. Wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Kiki Cutie, automatics if they're available. Curtis Samuel, Nelson Aguilar gets a bump with Henry Ruggs out, Chad Hansen. For Houston, K.J. Hamler and MBS if you're in a deeper league that gives bonuses for longer touchdowns. Irv Smith, I think you play him regardless because he seems to be playing absolutely fantastic uh, recently and getting the opportunity, but especially if Kyle Rudolph is out in this game against the Bears, fourth most fantasy points against um, given up against the tight end. So check out Irv Smith. And then honorable mentions, Cole Komet over Jimmy Graham, but both of them for the Bears, Dan Arnold, Logan Thomas, if Alex Smith plays. Jared Cook and Jordan Akins. Whoo. All right, y'all. We got through it. That's another long one for me solo. Dwee's Nuts coming up next with the week 14, 15 stat rat breakdown. Check it out. He's going to get you into the uh, fantasy championship. We're going to get you that hashtag TCK title. We got uh, Bobby Lamarco coming in. Chris Benavides pulling a double shift for us this week. Always appreciate our boy Chris and the Commish crew. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Give us a five-star rating. Give us an honest review wherever you listen to the podcast. Share this with a family member. Share this with a friend. Hit us up in DM. Ask me any questions you got. Let's make sure we get those W's. Let's look over the roster. Let's make it happen. My rankings and our uh, true strength of schedule spreadsheet available on tckpod.com. Episode 325 in the books. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. I'm going to get a drink of water and rehydrate my damn self. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your evening. Dweez Nuts coming up next. I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.